Hello and welcome to Church Online. Great to see you guys. I hope that uh, this message finds you and your loved ones well. You know, as I was reflecting this week um, and thinking about what to speak on, I was struck by the question of how we respond in a time of confinement. And also, what does it mean for when we come out of this lockdown period? Of course, as we know, it's been extended by another three weeks, but at some point we will come out. And so how do we respond to the confinement we find ourselves in and how do we move out of this confinement? And as I was thinking and praying about it, the word courage came to mind, courage. Now it's worth saying at the start that I think that most people don't fully comprehend what courage actually means. You see, we think courage means an absence of fear, but actually that's not the case. You see, the reality is, and let's be truthful about this, fear and anxiety does come knocking on our door, doesn't it? I don't know about how you and how you've responded in this time, but I know certainly for myself, there have been moments of waves of anxiety. Um, you know, I suffer from asthma, so I've been thinking, what does that look like for me in terms of uh, COVID-19 and the possible symptoms? But equally, as I think about my family and as I think about church and you guys, you know, there is anxiety and fear that comes. But you see, the, crucially for us, as we know, we're not supposed to live in that place. We know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and of sound mind. You see, we are called to respond to fear in a very different way. We're supposed to cast our anxieties and our fears and our burdens onto God, recognising, though, that fear does come. And you see, what courage is, is courage is moving forward in spite of the fears that we feel. Courage is, is about moving forward in boldness, even if there are unknowns. And I believe that in this season, that we do need to be people of courage. We need to respond, as Joshua did. If you remember the story of Joshua, God said how many times to him, be strong and courageous. And I believe that is a word for us in this season. And you know, as I was thinking about this, the Lord led me to the story of Jonah. The story of Jonah. Now, uh, you'll find Jonah in the Old Testament. Um, in between, it's a very short book, you'd be forgiven for uh, missing it. It's only two pages long, um, but it's found in between Obadiah, what a great name, and uh, Micah. And he's one of what we call the minor prophets. Not that he was unimportant, but just that the amount of content is, is smaller compared with what we call the major prophets. But here he is, the story of Jonah. And I'm sure some of you might remember this story, maybe, indeed, some of you at Sunday school. Um, or maybe for those of you who've got kids, you've spoken about this or told this story to your kiddies. But we know the story of Jonah. God called Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh uh, to tell them to repent. And uh, Jonah said, I don't think so. And he ran away, didn't he? And uh, he got a boat. And no sooner was he in the boat, a huge storm came. And uh, knowing that it was because he was disobedient, uh, he said to the guys, listen, the only way we're going to get out of this storm is if you throw me overboard. And so uh, they're like, oh, really? Okay, well, let's do it. And they threw him overboard. And as, we, as you might know, the storm stopped. And then all of a sudden, a, a, a large fish, and we've 
Obviously, we sometimes say it's a whale came by and swallowed Jonah up. And there he was in his very own version of confinement um, for three days. And then he was spat out. And God said again, go to Nineveh. And we know what he said. He said, okay. And he went and he told them to repent. And they repented. Now, why did this story come to mind as I was thinking about courage? Well, why did Jonah run away the first time? Well, we actually know because in chapter 4, um, Jonah essentially complains to God when the, when the Ninevites had repented. He said, I knew that was going to happen. I knew you would save them. Why would he say that? Well, because he knew God was full of love and mercy and compassion and that as soon as they repented, as soon as they repented, God would pour out his love. And you see, he didn't want that. Why? Because the Ninevites were enemies. You see, Nineveh was part of the Assyrian Empire and they were cruel people. They were barbaric. And they would have been his enemy. And he didn't want them to experience the love of God. And yet, what is central to this wonderful story is the message that the love of God is for whole of mankind. The central to this message is the loving kindness and the mercy that God extends to all men and women and children. And that's what I love about this story. But why have I selected this story around courage? Well, I think we often miss the fact that, that Jonah was a courageous guy. I mean, let's think about this. God is asking him to go into enemy territory on his own and walk around and tell them to repent. I mean, it's got to take courage to do that. And I think that what we find when he spent three days in the belly of the fish and he prays, and we're going to look through this in a moment, is we can learn some fascinating insights on how we can respond courageously in this time of confinement and how we can move with courage in the things that God is calling us to do. And so what do we know from this story? Let's unpack this together and you can turn with me if you wish uh, to Jonah. Um, you see, Jonah obviously went through the storm and it was God's way of, um, of getting his attention. But, but what happened, as we know, is that they throw him overboard, as I said before. And that whale came. And here's the thing, you see, that whale was actually God's provision. Because if it wasn't for that confinement, well, Jonah would have died. He would have, he would have drowned. And here's the thing, you see, it wasn't God's best for Jonah to be swallowed up by the whale. That wasn't God's best. God's best was, was for Jonah to say the first time, okay, God, and go to Nineveh. But that wasn't the case. And so God used the situation for, for Jonah's good. And you can imagine Jonah complaining when he was in the fish. I can't believe I'm in a fish. I can't believe I'm in a whale. But, but here's the thing, you see, in that confinement, it gave Jonah time of reflecting on who God is and who he was and gave him time to reset what was important. And you see, this was actually God's mercy for Jonah. Confining Jonah in this way was actually the mercy of God. 
Not that I think that Jonah would have thought it in that way. You see, he didn't know how long he'd be there for. You can imagine. He didn't know whether he would even survive. And yet in that place, Jonah prays to God. And it's in that prayer that I want to look at three things that I believe can help us, that serve as a model for how we can respond in this time in courage. And so let's look, therefore, at chapter 2, which is the start of his prayer. And let's look at the first, uh, first point in terms of how we respond. And it's this, call upon God. See, Jonah says in uh, chapter 2, verse 2, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. In my distress. You see, isn't that interesting? You see, Jonah was able to be honest with God. And I think that's important for each one of us. God doesn't want us to go to him saying everything's dandy when it isn't. God doesn't want us to approach him with masks, saying, well, everything's fine. He wants us to be real. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 56, verses 3 to 4, said this, When I am afraid, acknowledging that fear does come, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. He says, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? <laughs> That's an interesting, curious phrase, isn't it? What, what can flesh do to me? You see, you get to a point which the old timers used to call a yieldedness, a sense of he is God. And what, what can anyone do to me? You see, my life is in his hands. And I believe that this is the point at which Jonah got to. He called out to God in a sense of yieldedness and said, you know what? You are God. And in this season, we need to yield to God and recognize that he is in charge and that he is in control. You know, if there's one thing that has come out of this pandemic, it's the realization by many that humankind is not in control. You know, a number of weeks ago when I started the Encounter series, looking at spiritual disciplines, I said that the, the secular narrative of our age is that we've moved past needing God because the more clever we become, the more wealthier we are, the more inventive we are to solve our own problems, we can ourselves create a utopian existence. And I said that in the past year or so, there has been emerging a moment of doubt. And I'm sure you've spoken to other people. And I certainly have done. And there is this sense in the secular world of actually, we're not really in control. We haven't been able to control this in the way that we thought we could. We've, taken, we've been taken by surprise. And I suspect that Jonah probably had this moment of clarity when he was in the fish. You see, before then, what happened? God had asked him to go to Nineveh, and he had said no, and he went and took charge, and went off and got a boat and wanted to head off to Tarshish, under the illusion that he was in charge and that he could make decisions independent of God. 
and yet it came to confinement for his eyes to be opened that God is in control. You see, it was God's mercy, as I mentioned before, that he was confined as he was. God hadn't finished with Jonah yet. He had so much for Jonah to do. He could have let Jonah just perish in the sea, I guess. But, but God wanted to save him. And so it was his great mercy that meant that Jonah was confined for those three days. And we, of course, have been confined for so over three weeks and will be another three weeks. Could I put it to you that maybe for some of us, this is God's mercy to us? That we have been living a life where we thought we could act independently of God? That we were in charge? That, that somehow we were smart enough? Somehow we were rich enough? Somehow we were whatever enough? And yet it's taken this moment of confinement to realise that the levers that we were once able to pull, we can no longer do so. That feeling of not being in control is actually God's mercy towards us to reorientate ourselves, to reset in us an awareness that God is in charge. And so I want to encourage you in this time, in this time of confinement, to start by saying, God, you are in control and call upon the Lord because only the Lord can save. Only the Lord can save. But what is the second thing that we can find in this prayer that we find in chapter 2 that we can learn from Jonah? The second thing is this. In verse 9 it says, But I with shouts of grateful praise. What? Praise? In confinement? Here's Jonah in a whale and he's grateful for what? Why should he be praising God? Well, here's the thing, you see, when we recognise who God is, when we call upon him, then that leads to praise. Why? Because praise is not dependent on how you feel and your circumstances. Praise is about who he is, that he is worthy of all our praise. Even if it hurts, even if you're in darkness, even if it's, you're going through painful times, and bless, I know for, for many of you, it's been the toughest time. And I don't want to minimise that. I recognise that this is a very difficult time. For some of you, it might be health. You might have loved ones that have passed away from, from the coronavirus. Financially, it might be difficult for you. There might be family dynamics that are causing strains. It could be a number of things. And I do not want to in any way minimise the, the difficulty of this season. But what I want to say is in spite of this season, continue to praise God. But why? Why is this important to us? You know, praise is important because it says in the scripture, he inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22 verse 3. If you want to be in his presence... If you want to experience his peace, if you want to experience his love and his joy, then praise him. Praise him. 
Because when you praise God, something lifts. I mean, there is scripture, I've used it before, that says um, a, a, spirit of, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. If you're feeling heavy, praise him. Now, I recognize it's not easy. In fact, in Psalm 103, verses 1 to 2, the psalmist says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul. What does that mean? He's saying, praise, this, praise him, all my inmost being. Praise the Lord, O my soul. In other words, he's giving him a talk, himself a talking to. And maybe you need to give yourself a talking to, like I do need to sometimes. I won't lie to you. There are times when I don't feel like praising God. Anyone else like, feel like that sometimes? Maybe it's just me. But it's in those moments that I need to recognise who he is. I say, come on soul, let's praise God. Let's praise him. And so I want to encourage you in this season to praise God. And number three, what else can we learn? The final thing from this amazing prayer. He said this at the end. Verse 9, he continues. But I have vowed I will make good. In other words, I'm going to abate you. So the third point is make a decision to obey God. What has God called you to do? Well, we know there are two types of calling in a general sense. One is for everyone. All Christians are called, are we not, for the Great Commission? To proclaim the good news. To bind up the brokenhearted. Take care of the poor. To pray for the sick. To move supernaturally. We are called to proclaim Jesus in word and deed. That is all of our call. It's the same call, if you like, that, that uh, Jonah had here to proclaim the good news to the Ninevites. And maybe in this time of confinement, you've been reflecting and think, you know what? I, I, I had so many opportunities. Maybe now is the time for you to say, I'm going to take the Great Commission seriously. I'm going to proclaim the good news of Jesus. Or maybe you've got a specific calling on your life. And, and as I'm speaking, you think, actually, I feel like I might be running away from God. Let me just say in this season, be bold and courageous. I'm not saying that fear won't knock on your door. I'm not saying that you won't sometimes be afraid. But what I'm saying is, is that let us come out of this confinement courageously. And walk in the calling that you have. Maybe this morning as you reflect, you're holding on to a previous season. Maybe you're unwilling to move from the present into what God has for you, into a door that is ready for you to walk into. But I want to encourage you this morning and say, make a decision to obey God. Because it's not too late. It's not too late. And so there we see three ways in which we can have courage in a time of confinement. Call upon God. Yield yourself to him. Call upon him. Recognise that he is in control. Number two, praise him. Even if it hurts. Even if it hurts, make a choice to praise him. Why? Because he's worth it. And it's going to be good tonic for your soul. And number three, make a decision to obey God. And then what happens? Well, we, we know in the story what happens. It's almost as if the way this is written, 
he made that decision and it says in verse 10 of chapter 2 and the Lord commanded the fish <laughs> and it vomited Jonah onto dry land I love this in God's timing he came out of confinement can I just say I think it's worthwhile just recognizing and I've said this so many times before so forgive me if, if you're getting bored of this but Jesus is on the throne what do I mean I mean that he is sovereign that his plans and purposes will come to pass that God is in control. And I know for some of us, we have, we kind of agree with that mentally. But, but just take a moment to let that filter down into your heart. You know, we look to our politicians, and as we should for their leadership, and we pray, Lord, that you give them wisdom as they make decisions. But we recognize that God moves the heart of leaders and nations that God is in control of this confinement. So I say that to, to say, have peace. Take heart, God is in control. And here, in three days, what happens? Jonah comes out into a new normal. How many of you have started hearing that phrase, a new normal? Actually, I was um, looking around at uh, some uh, news articles and I came across the Harvard Business Review and they've actually got a podcast dedicated to the subject and it's called Predictions for the New Normal. Because I think the reality is, I think we all know it, don't we? That things will change. The world cannot go through something like this and not change. And I believe that for many of those things that are changing are going to be for better. Some may not be, but there will be much things that are better. And so the, the, uh, the Harvard um, Business Review, they've got a, a bunch of experts and, uh, they are from a number of specialisms and they look at what that new normal could look like across things like economics and markets, socioeconomically, how we will look different, environmentally, how people work remotely. I mean, that's accelerated, has it not? A number of different areas, the environment, what it means to travel and tourism. And here's the thing, you see, we will be coming out of confinement into a new normal. Into a new normal. But what if the new normal was actually you? What if the thing that was new was not everything around you, but you yourself? And you see, that's what happened to Jonah, you see. Jonah came out into a new normal. He was new. That experience of confinement, he walked out different. How do we know that? We read what happens in, in chapter 3, verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I love that. Can I just reiterate, you haven't missed out. As I've been speaking and maybe you feel like there's things that God's called you to do and you haven't done, don't, don't stay in guilt. That's just the enemy's ploy to put you in bondage. Because God's mercy and his loving kindness is in you every day. And he's got plans and purposes for you. And there's a second and third and fourth and fifth chance, etc., etc. So don't feel like you've missed out. And so, how did, um, how did Jonah respond? I love it. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. That was it. No conversation, no, listen, I really don't want to because I know they're going to repent and you're going to forgive them and I don't like them anyway. None of that. He decides that he's going to go into enemy territory on his own and proclaim, hey, you better repent. Now, what I find interesting about this story, if you read just before three, 
It said the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now here's the thing about this, I don't know if you've seen this, but Jonah would have been swallowed up in the deep. And yet here he is on dry land, closer to his assignment than he's ever been before. You see, it's in a season of confinement, and I believe this is what's happening now, that God is accelerating his plans and purposes in you. You see, you might feel like you are stationary right now, but I want to speak prophetically right now and say what's happening is that there is an acceleration going on in the heavenlies right now. I believe that in this season, in this moment of confinement, two things are happening. One, God is resetting many things in us. He's resetting what it means to um, have community, what it means to, what are things are valuable to us, what it means in terms of how we see ourselves and how we see God. He's resetting many, he's resetting the environment, isn't he? I mean, you've heard the stories, much more wildlife, the air is changing, lots of stuff is resetting. But equally, in this time of confinement, many things are accelerating through us. And this is exactly what happened to Jonah. You see, in those three days of confinement, he was accelerated. He was moved forward closer to his assignment. And I believe that as we come out of this, many of you will be closer than you've ever been. And you'll be walking in your assignment, the call that God has for you. And here's the thing I want us to see. Did uh, Jonah's uh, call, assignment change? No. Did God say, listen, I've heard what you said and you're probably right. Why don't you just go and tell half of the city to repent? No. Did he say, listen, I've thought about it and I've actually thought maybe it's a bit dangerous so I've got uh, an army to go with you? No. None of that changed. But you see, Jonah had courage and he recognised who God was that he moved into it. And I want to say, your calling won't change. But the way you respond to it will do as you come out of confinement. Because if you respond in this confinement the way that Jonah has, you'll come out of this with a boldness and a courage in spite of the fear that you will face. You know, we want to pray with you guys. Maybe something in the talk that's come up that you would like prayer about, then you know, scroll down to the prayer section. Our prayer team are online and available to pray with you guys. Um, but as you guys know, we seek God for words of knowledge, which is one of the gifts of the Spirit. And the team have put together a list of certain ailments. And you'll see a video there uh, as we read those out. And if any of those resonate with you, do get prayer. Um, and uh, I just pray that uh, the healing God would heal you in this, in this season. And equally, if you've heard this message, and in fact you've been running away from Jesus, uh, and you feel that call um, to say yes to Jesus and recognise that he died on the cross for you so that you can have eternal life with him, if that's you and, you and you feel that, then we've got a new Believers video. I'd love you to watch to help you through that. and would love to support you in that. Uh, send you a pack as well. So fill in that form. Let me end with a blessing before we uh, continue on whatever you guys might be doing today. Lord, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, that um, there is always a second, a third, a fourth, etc., etc., chance with you. And that it is by your mercy that you get us to a place where you open our eyes to the fact that you are in charge. And I pray that we would respond in praise and respond with, yes, we will follow you and obey your call. And so, Lord, I pray now for your blessing, that your face would shine upon us, that you would be gracious to each one of us, 
that we would know your perfect peace, walk in your provision and know your protection, I pray in your name. Amen. God bless.